Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Um, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Disaster Dark. I am Nick, um, and as usual, I'm joined uh, by Paul and Craig. And no, I'm not actually. This this is not a usual episode of Disaster Dark. Um, I've got some very very special guests um, on the show, and hopefully, uh, this is a third part of a series of podcasts that we've been running in um, conjunction with the people that are on this episode. So if you're listening to this episode and haven't listened to those episodes yet, they don't really follow chronologically, but go back and download those those shows. So firstly, um, I will go to my friends Down Under from Diz Down Under, Lewis and Kat. G'day, how's it going? Oh, he always does that. I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> And How are you going? Uh, it's, it's, and it's, it's been a treat because uh, we recorded these episodes back to back and this is the first time I've actually uh, spoken to Kat and we've had Lewis on the show before. Uh, but it's been an absolute treat so far. So thank you very much uh, for coming on to this show. Um, and my next guest is somebody who um, has been podcasting for about the same length of time. In fact, within probably weeks of launching Disaster Dark, you launched your first podcast now of the Disney Dream Girls, long-time friend of the show, Michelle. Hello, my lovely, and thank you ever so much for the uh, kind words there, sir. Well, thank you to all three of you for the wonderful podcast that you produce, because this is a bit of a podcast loving. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but if you've not listened before to uh, Diz Down Under, go and check it out. It's been running now for three months or so. Yeah, about That's that. Same. I think we're up to episode 19. We would have just gone to air. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, so just over four months. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's been an absolute treat. And Dizzy Dream Girls um, spun off from another podcast beforehand, um, which you now do with, with Jane. And, uh, I mean, that's that's going great guns as well. So. It- yeah, it's been a fun journey. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to, to either of those shows, please go and find them on your podcast app of choice or your respective websites. Um, but if you've listened to the previous episodes, you'll know that we are talking about Christmas at Disney Parks. Um, and so I have got the task of talking about Disneyland Paris at Christmas. What's great about me talking about Disneyland Paris at Christmas and being the so-called expert... Oh, and just to point out as well, I've been called an expert on two podcasts today already. Nothing could be better than the truth <laughs> in, in, a lot of, in a lot of respects. But... I've never actually gone over the Christmas period. I've gone whilst they've been doing the Christmas overlay. Um, so I've gone in November, but I've not actually been there at Christmas, which uh, our friends down under have been. So I'm sure you'll be able to kind of interject with your own uh, 
thoughts and and uh, comments about it, and I'm sure Michelle will have lots to say as well. But this would not be an episode of This After Dark if I didn't start <laughs> off by asking everybody what they're drinking. And before anyone comments, we're recording this early morning in the UK, so you know, give Michelle a pass on this one. <laughs> oh, I like how you say that my drink's going to be the boring one. I could be some kind of raving alcoholic necking neat vodka. Are, are you <laughs> raving alcoholic down in neat vodka? No, that could be. <laughs> could be secretly. So, Michelle, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking the finest Strathrowan Scottish Mountain Water. And unfortunately, it's not used to dilute a nice whiskey or anything like that. But it's what I'm drinking, and that's the best I can do. So sorry, Nick. It's a good choice. It's, a good, it's still all sparkly. We didn't we didn't establish. It is still, and it is from Scotland. Well, it's technically from Aldi, twenty nine pence a bottle. <laughs> and yay! It's, it's a good product. It's a good product. Other bottled waters, of course, are available. Cats, um, <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I believe my dear husband poured me a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I was oh. thinking that I would s- switch to the, um, we've got a nice mountain goat steam ale in yes. the fridge. Yes, Um He let me down. <laughs> well, I could, uh, halfway through the show, we can switch beers. That's possible. We are Australian. We can oh. drink more than one beer. <laughs> I've only got a mouthful. Do you want to go grab me one? Okay, I shall, I shall go and say. Oh, no, you should explain what you're drinking. Okay. I, I'm Incidentally... Also- I'm also coincidentally drinking a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is a handcrafted ale uh, that comes to you from uh, from the USA. It does. In fact, I, I actually got introduced to this by, not not personally, but by uh, the wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin. No! Really? Yeah, yeah. He, um, he talked about it on what, talked about it a lot on, on some of his podcasts, and uh, I was elated to find it in the, the world beer section of my supermarket. It's actually very commonly available in the uk now but um yeah both that and the the bullets ipa as well which is a bit of uh, got a bit of a kick that one that blows me away that stone cold like talks about craft beer when he considers like he's famous for pouring uh bud white is bud wise bud light was that what he used to pour over himself um, in the wrestling ring yeah i think it was either bud or bud light yeah i think that was the most common yeah. one yeah and he's as far as i know he's actually got his own craft beer now but it's it's not it's only available in in certain states. It's not like a a, a wide release. So, uh, well, I'm going to let the side down then uh, in that regard because after talking about all this lovely um, beer, I went out yesterday shopping, knowing that we were doing a Christmas episode, um, and we have a chain of shops that Michelle will know quite well in this country called uh, Marks and Spencers, um, and they do a range of Christmas stuff. And I saw well, this... I know them quite. I know them quite well as well. well um, yes, my my, uh, my underpants uh, are, are Marks and Spencers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. He loves his Marks and Sparks, Nikki. <laughs> every Can every time I, I go. Can I just say, Lewis, I, I, I don't mind sending you shreddies, but I draw the line at draws from <laughs> M&S. Mate, I've got no shame. I've got, I've got literally no shame. Just let me know. No problem. Um, <laughs> I didn't go in there to my underwear, though. I did go in there for the Christmas sex, uh, section because um, I saw a post on, on Twitter about it. I have got, and I've been, I've been sat here for the last few hours podcasting, waiting to open this. I have got a Christmas pudding smoothie. Ooh, right? do tell. 
So it says a dairy smoothie made from raisin puree, yogurt, apple, cinnamon, and flavourings. I've got no idea what this is going to be like, <laughs> and I'm going spell. to exactly. Can, and I, I, can I... I? Yep. Just say, Nick. I, I'm used to you drinking something with a splash of something a bit stronger in. Just, just for the illusion. Can you just put a little bit of vodka or a bit of whiskey or a bit of brandy it, in it? Or tell us a, that you have. Turn it into a mud shake. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let me just give you. Uh, right. So the first thing, just smells it. It does smell very Christmassy, like I suppose a mince pie or something. Um, one second. Oh my god, that is foul. That is absolutely foul. That is really, really bad. Um, yeah, I will not be drinking any more of that. Um, that's, uh, Have that's you got a really backup drink? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go and get myself... Um, oh my god. Yeah, I'll go and get myself one of those uh, right now, actually. I think that's probably a good time to, uh, to do it. Right, so, um, we've done the drinks. <laughs> well, there's, there's not a glowing advert for that one. Um, but, as I said, we're going to be talking about Disneyland Paris. So, um, Kat, Lewis, you've been there um, at Christmas. Uh, what was your experience like when you went? And how long ago did you go? Uh, that would have been 2014. Yeah, 2014 going into 2015. Yeah. yeah. And one of my fondest Disneyland Paris memories is actually sitting up in Walt's Cafe and watching the snow fall, or what are we calling it now? Sorry, snope. Watching the snow fall <laughs> and, and having those Christmas carols going, those Christmas decorations. I love that park at that time of year because for us, summer is <laughs> right at that time of year and it's usually the hottest point in summer. So we're talking days of anywhere between about 36 and 43 degrees Celsius. And to go into a, a country where it's so cold, it's such a different experience and it just feels so Christmassy because, like everyone else, I was raised on all the American Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was just magical. Like, we, we left Australia on the, uh, like, Christmas night, so we jumped on the plane, flew to England and got there on Boxing Day, like, late afternoon. Yeah. And then uh, we went, like, you're right, Nothing's open in England like Christmas time or Boxing Day. We found a pub, didn't we? There was we found a, oh, found yeah, the pubs, the pubs but, will be open, yeah. We're yeah, not stupid. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think shops were open for Boxing Day sales, mm. but like to find a restaurant to go and eat was just ridiculous. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. Uh, so then we went over to Paris and like yeah, spent a couple of days in Paris proper and then went to Disneyland Paris and we were there for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and uh, it's just, it was brilliant. Like it was one of the, I think it's the best like New Year's I've ever had because it was in a, just a, a magical place. It was great. Totally agree. And it was, <laughs> when we were there, on the uh, the night of New Year's, the New Year's Eve night, we had decided to go to bed uh, because we couldn't like go to the park and be in the park all day and then stay up and do the midnight thing and it would just it just wouldn't work. So we went back home and went to bed and then we got up and we went. So we went back to Australia. No, no, no. So went back to our hotel. Room. <laughs> <laughs> went back to our hotel room and went to bed and then we went to, uh, after we got up we went down to the the bar and had uh, just like some. Uh, like a croque madame or croque monsieur at the bar because the 
food there, like on New Year's Eve, I think it's the same thing on Christmas, is like they bump up the prices and make it a lot more expensive in the restaurants. So here's a tip. If you are in Disneyland over like on Christmas Day or on New Year's Eve, don't book the dinners on those days because it'll be really expensive. Book them the day before or the day after and you'll pay the same price for the, that, that, that meal. It's just uh, that, that's what we did. So we just had the, the, uh, a snack to eat and went back to the parks. We didn't make it to midnight because it was so cold. I was a bit of a winching bitch, <laughs> to be honest. I was awful. I was just like, oh, I'm so cold. Oh. And when I get cold, I get really tired as well. So I wasn't like crotchety. I wasn't horrible or anything like that. I was just whinging the whole time about it being cold. Yeah, but Kat said, like, you know, we've got whiskey up in the room and we've kind of like if we lie on the ground and put <laughs> our like head against the window... We can see the lake, and that's where the fireworks are. And then just as they do the fireworks, we can open the window, and then we can listen to the music and watch the fireworks and drink a whiskey. And she was right. It was the, 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 the right move. It was great. We weren't lying on the ground. We were kind of lying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I mean, I do remember you speaking about this on um, one of your previous episodes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, Kat, because um, we went – when we lasted Christmas at Disneyland Paris, um, it was the first, I think it was the first week they were doing Christmas that year. So it was fairly, I think it was like the second week of November or something like that. Um, and it, we'd gone when it was cold before and we had like, you know, winter coats and everything like that. But the wind chill there was so bitter that it was just going uh-huh. straight for us. And we ended up like getting colds. Um, while we was there and just having like a miserable last day because um, we just hadn't prepared ourselves. So the one thing for anyone listening um, who is who is going uh, November, December time, January time anyway, I would always say take thermals. You'll never mm. know how cold it's going to be. And sometimes I say it to people and they say, oh, I didn't need to have them, which is fine. But you're better to have that stuff with you and not need it or be able to remove a layer or whatever than to go there and be like you were and, and like we were, which is just bitterly cold because it just, you know, for me, it, like you, it ruins that experience. You can't enjoy yourself if you're too cold. It's like if you go somewhere and you're too wet because you didn't take a raincoat or something, you just end up miserable because the weather's ruined it. Whilst if you're prepared for what the weather is, you're going to be okay. Because even if it rains... And we were, because... Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, think, I think the problem was <clears throat> your boots were wet. Oh, yeah, I had a problem. I got these new boots and they're great because they were um, wool-lined, but um, the bottom of them, because they didn't have, um, like, a insole, they kept on getting, because I'm a sweater, and so my feet would get a little bit sweaty and stuff because it was wool, and then it was all wet, and, of course, the wet would just chill, and then that would um, absolutely freeze my feet. Fixed that when I got back to the UK with a couple of insoles, but while we are (laughs) in Disneyland, it was absolutely... (laughs) <laughs> yeah so preparation is is definitely the key i'd say but yeah one of the things so we've talked about disney world and, and, and anaheim um we've talked about the asian parks as well and i think to me what makes what i like the most about disneyland paris at christmas is unlike those parks you actually get the chance of actually getting real snow you get fake snow as we talked about but you also mm. get that chance of having snowfall and my brother's 
actually went there. It was early January, I think. Again, it might have been the first week of January, um, and like the the fountains had frozen over, where oh, it was so cold, and and they'd had snow. Um, so it's it's probably the only park. I don't know if any of the Asian parts can, but it's probably the only part that really can get a lot of snow, potentially. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, it doesn't happen very often, but there's a bigger chance of it than there is uh, in most places, most other parts. So. True. Although saying that, Anaheim does get very, very cold at Christmas. People wouldn't realise that it can get down to about 35 degrees Fahrenheit on an evening. So it, I've never seen it snow, mm. but it does get chilly. That's, that's, that's good to know though because uh, you know all of these things are good for like preparation and, and stuff like that um, and also what's interesting to note this year is although technically just past Christmas is the fact that at Disneyland Paris this year New Year's Eve is a hard ticketed event now I don't know oh. about the other parks are they they don't do hard ticket events for New Year's Eve do they? No, definitely not. Although I know with the American parks, they tend to do the phased blockouts of people. If you're not, say, a resort guest in Walt Disney World, then you might not get in at this point. Or if you don't have a dining reservation. And at California, most Christmas days by about two o'clock and New Year's Day, New Year's Eve by about lunchtime-ish, they close until some people have left because it does get very, very busy and very crammed, but it's not a hard ticket event. Yeah, so this is the first year they're doing it. Uh, it's actually sold out. It sold out last week. Um, there's, there's been some people that are hanging <laughs> off trying to buy tickets and are now complaining they can't buy them. Um, so unless you have a package deal that comes with uh, a ticket for New Year's Eve, you're not going to get in now, unfortunately. I think it was about... Um, I think it was about... 35 or 39 euros something like that so it wasn't hmm. mega expensive Disneyland Paris tends to be cheaper than, than other parks anyway for, for all tickets um, but they are doing it and I, I know friends that have gone before on New Year's Eve and have said that it gets horrendously busy so I'm I'm hoping that the reason for that um, for the hard ticketed event is to kind of ease the amount of people in the park so it's a bit you get a better experience, mm. um, and I will be doing stuff as well. You know, as I do for hard ticket events, so you'll you, there'll be parades and stuff like that. So it's not just the fireworks, but um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that that goes down. But obviously, the fact that it's sold out already suggests that um, not too many people are unhappy about the situation, or at least are willing to spend the money for it. Can so, I ask? How much are we talking? Uh, so I, I think it was about it was thirty five or thirty nine euros a ticket, something like that. It, it was under fifty euros a ticket. I know that much. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And can I ask everybody else what their thoughts are? And I know my answer because I'm going to be in Disneyland Resort this coming December. Nick, if you had the opportunity to be in a Disney park on New Year's Eve, despite what's been said with regards to the crowds, would you be there? That's a that's a really good question. Um, I I don't know. I know Disneyland Paris do put on a really good fireworks display. I'm not sure how impressive it is compared to to other parks. And I but I but also I think because although it's cold, I think that adds to the the event itself because it feels like it should in that regard. So I'd probably still stick with Disneyland Paris. But you could probably tempt me to make the trip to Orlando. 
Okay, I, what I, about you, Cat and Lewis? Well, I think that uh, if I got the chance to do Disneyland Paris again, I definitely would. Uh, and I'm not really put off with a hard ticket event either, because I think if uh, you know if they put more on and there's you know specific things that you get for it, then I, I'd, I'd probably pay the money for that. Yeah, and it didn't seem to be completely overpriced, in my opinion. No, no. You know, for something, so I take it that that includes entry into the park. That yeah, well, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, so you have to thing. buy a ticket and then. Yeah. Yeah, you, it, like like uh, Mickey's not so scary or um, yeah. very Merry Christmas. No, it, it wouldn't be. Um, but yes, Lewis is right about the food. Uh, Christmas Day, uh, I think it's Christmas Eve is the big one. If I remember mm. rightly, is when the prices go up on the food, um, and you're kind of like set to a, a structured menu, and it's very very expensive. And New Year's Eve is the same. So the mm. restaurant, most of the restaurants are doing like a, a special menu where you have to pay. Uh, I think it's about 150 euros or something. Um, I'm sure I remember reading. Um, but yeah, it's expensive. As you can tell, this is Diz After Dark. I don't do any research. Um, <laughs> Michelle, I, I guess, would, would your one be Anaheim? Disneyland um, I have done Disneyland at Christmas twice, once in DCA and once in the Disneyland Park itself. And Disneyland Park itself just gets so stupidly busy. You literally have people at nine o'clock in the morning camping out for a spot to see the fireworks. So it is ridiculous. And it gets to a point by about four or five o'clock in the afternoon that you cannot move anywhere on Main Street without jostling and bumping into people. And to be honest, then evening spectacular isn't really a spectacular. Um, So I wouldn't go to Disneyland Resort DCA and it's also a dry park as well, so you can't get a, a alcoholic <laughs> beverage. Good point. If you go to DCA, they've got a lot more going on, and I did spend a very enjoyable New Year's there one year where I had dinner at Cafe Circle, which is their one of their signature restaurants, and then we went outside just before midnight and took part in a bit of a dance party that they had there, and sort of did a nice little traditional midnight celebration between the group of friends. So I personally would say DCA, although this year I'm going off property with some friends to do something non-Disney. Oh, wow. Okay. So what's your plans for this year? Or is is that... uh, I don't know. We've just decided we're doing something (laughs) non-Disney because the friends I'm meeting up with don't have park access on New Year's Eve. So Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Tis After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Don't buy your kids stuff for Christmas. Buy them memories with a Walt Disney World vacation or a Disney Maritime Cruise. 
Hi, I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. Christmas is one of the most magical times of the year for a Disney vacation, but it can also be the busiest and the most expensive if you don't plan it right. So contact me to take care of all of those details for you and do your complete itinerary planning. My services are free to you and mention this ad for $25 off your deposit. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, I, I think uh, it's just one of the things that we didn't mention before about the, uh, the the time when we were at New Year's Eve for uh, for at Disneyland Paris was it was so cold that night the next day that everything was frozen like all the plants were frosted and frozen the lake was like partially frozen over the fountains were frozen it was the next day was just the most beautiful day ever like it was just fantastic. And uh, that was the day we got to meet the uh, the Frozen Sisters. We met Anna and Elsa for the first time, which was awesome. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I, is there any better way? Really? No, no. It was literally like uh, you know, um, that uh, that Elsa had gone and like frozen all of Disneyland <laughs> uh, before we we met her. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Well, there you go. So yeah, uh, that, that's why I kind of favour Disneyland Paris over the Christmas period. Um, and that's not. I mean. When you go listen to Disney Dreamgirls and when you go listen to the episode of Disney Down Under, you know, you'll hear what the other parks do. And we haven't, I haven't even started really covering too much of what they do in Disneyland Paris, but there are plenty of things that the other parks do, but I just think the climate for that time of year and for that season, that's one of the, the big bits for Disneyland Paris for me. It just, mm. yeah, it suits the season so perfectly. Mm. Um, but, but before we go on, can I just mention that uh, Kat and I have changed our drink? <laughs> I kicked yeah. him out of the room. <laughs> okay. Wish so, I uh, so, so we're now drinking a Mountain Goat Beer, which is an organic steam ale. Uh, that uh, it's This is a certified organic steam ale. It's a product of an all-natural brewing process that incorporates cool fermentation and a hit of wheat malt. The result is a crisp palate-cleansing ale. Uh, and this is from uh, Victoria. So there you go. And I'm sure it was crafted by somebody with a top knot who thinks he's a hipster. Judging by that, yes, yeah, yeah that seems uh, to be like that over in Victoria. Yeah, that sounds like our. <laughs> they make good beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the same. Like we same in in London. Like if you go to places like Shoreditch and and uh, and Hoxton, similar, you get some really nice craft beers, but you just get full of hipsters. Um, <laughs> so Disneyland Paris kicks off their Christmas celebration on the seventh of November. So it's always. Um, Oh, sorry, the 11th of November. It was slightly later this year. It's normally a few days after Halloween. They normally um, start their Christmas celebrations really quickly after Halloween. And they think... Because I've been there for Halloween as well. And they do... I I think this year they didn't do quite as much as they do previously in in terms of decoration. But there's still a lot of decorations in Disneyland Paris for Halloween normally. Um, But the the changeover from Christmas to Halloween, they seem to be really, really uh, quick at doing. So um, it's normally earlier in September, in November, but um, they've obviously uh, held it back. And in fact, that that day matches up with America. So I wonder if that was maybe a, a glo- now that the Disney Company own Disneyland Paris. I wonder if that was uh, a bit of corporate synergy there. They wanted everything to kind of kick off around the same time. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking Could too much be- of people. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just reading more into the situation than there there is. Um, but uh, they have, as they do every year, uh, a Christmas parade. Um, I think there's a few new floats this year. 
um, when I've just tried to extend the, the parade a bit more. Um, but, uh, I mean, who doesn't love a Christmas parade? No, I, I love a Christmas parade. I, I'm bang up for a Christmas parade at any time of year, which would be odd because they, they wouldn't do it. But, yeah, at Christmas, I suppose it's appropriate. So, yeah. Do I have? I just, I just had a thought actually. Do, do any of the other parks have an all year round Christmas shop? I know there's one in Disney Springs, but do they oh. have? Um, do they have Hollywood all... Studios? Do if you go round the corner by Muppets, um, they have a little Christmas shop there. Hmm. And I can't think for the life of me that there is one in Holly- in California. I don't think there is. Um, you can always buy Christmas ornaments, but I don't think this is a specific shop. Mm. Okay, because um, there's one in in Cinderella, uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle um, that's there mm. all year round. I mentioned it actually because there's rumours that it's going to be replaced with a Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. So um, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but um, yeah, it's just one of those, another one of those things that you know I, I like to uh, always like to go and visit. So there might not be an all year round parade, but uh, there is a chance to always buy Christmas decorations at the parks. Um, they also have uh, a massive Christmas tree in the centre of um, what I suppose the equivalent of like uh, the gardens at uh, the Magic Kingdom. So before you get to the castle, but in in line with the castle is uh, a massive Christmas tree, and every day they do a tree lighting uh, ceremony, which I think is is standard, really, isn't it? I think most of the parks do a similar kind of thing there. So, um, but I do put out a few more festive characters now. Scrooge McDuck. I never really think about too much of Christmas because I always really associate Scrooge with Ducktales. But I suppose you know Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, He's the most Christmassy of all. <laughs> yeah. So um, does that. But the ones they highlighted as well as Scrooge McDuck were Thumper and Miss Bunny. That that sounds more Easter than Christmas. Exactly. I don't I don't get that at all. Very very strange. You normally get. Um, I don't have to, again. I've not been there this year, so I don't know. But they, they normally do um, in as you get into Main Street. They normally do a Christmas photo with Goofy. So you normally get Santa Goofy in Main Street as you go into the park. So um, he's normally there on a sleigh. So I, I you know I've not read there's, there's been any change. So I'm assuming they're still doing that this year. And Father Christmas, you can normally go and meet in uh, what used to be the Critter area in uh, Frontierland. So right towards the back of the park. And to be honest, it's it's a part of the park that I think a lot of people don't even know about. Because there's nothing else there. Um, They sometimes use it for a Toy Story meet and greet. But for most of the year, nothing goes on there at all. So um, it'll be on the maps and everything. But um, that's normally where you'll find his, his workshop. And um, I, I assume it, it's probably similar to again to some of the other parks, but he's a bilingual, uh, bilingual Father Christmas. But he seems to know. And I don't know if it's because he's listening to you when you're queuing up, and you might be having a conversation with somebody. But when you go and approach him, he will talk to you in your your native tongue. It's part of the Disney magic. Absolutely, because <laughs> the real Father Fantastic. Christmas, obviously. Yeah. It's got to be what it is. Um, but we did that. As long as, as, as long as your tongue is English or French. Like, if, if it's something else, then you, you might get screwed. Well, no, you're bilingual. Yeah, I think, I think um, I, normally, the, the ones they normally try and focus on is English, French, German, Italian, and Spanish. 
they're the ones that they normally try and, and kind of cover. So they can't obviously cover everything, but um, yeah, it's really good. And they, there's also a post box outside, so you can actually um, send yourself um, a postcard or a letter. Um, you, you put your address in there and you get uh, a letter back uh, from Father Christmas. So uh, that's another nice little touch that they they do. Um, there's a few new things that are going on this year, though. So I thought I'd better mention those. Uh, Mickey's Magical Christmas Lights. Um, so that's... They call it that, but to be honest, that's just really a name that they're giving to a lot of the lights and decoration around both of the parks. So, uh, you know, both parks are normally decorated really nicely for Christmas. Um but uh, yeah, so make sure you kind of look out for those. I don't think you're going to miss them, to be fair. Um, <laughs> there's also going to be a new stage show called Sing Me a Merry Christmas, which is going to be Mickey and Friends um, singing Christmas songs. Um, and uh, I, I think that's where they have the uh, the, the stage for uh, False. Uh, what's the Star Wars? False. Seasons of the False. Um, so I think that's where that is in the studios. Um, but that's something new that they're doing. Um, Mickey's also... Mickey's everywhere. Of course he's everywhere. <laughs> but uh, he's also got a thing in the Videopolis Theatre, uh, which is going to be called Mickey's Christmas Big Band, um, which will have an actual jazz band on stage. So I reckon that must be quite fun, actually. Um, and kind of going back to what we were talking about in the studios earlier on and the, the projection show that they've got there, they're also doing the same thing in uh, the, the Hollywood Tower in the Studios Park. Um, it's Goofy's Incredible Christmas. And I've, again, I've not seen much of that so far because it's only, it only started a couple of days ago when we, we recorded this, this show. Um, but people are taking video of the, the trial runs of it and it did look really impressive. I think that that building is a great building. Done right, it's a great building to be able to do stuff with. And if anyone's seen any of the footage from Seasons of the Falls, you'll know just what uh, kind of things they can do with that. So that's going to be one of those things that uh, people really can't uh, miss. Um, out of those so, few so, things... So, Nick, so they're actually doing a different projection show there than they are in Hollywood Studios. Because I think the Hollywood Studios one is a Toy Story-based one. Yeah, as far as I can tell, I said again, I've not seen the full show yet, but uh, uh, this one's hosted by Goofy. So, yeah, I think it's going to be you know, similar in some ways into how they'll probably do mm. certain effects on the, the building, but it will be a different show. Man, that's weird. You, you would have thought that, you know, you know, if the building's the same kind of building, they would have saved money by just doing the one show. But it's nice to see that they're doing things specifically for the, the different parks. That's that's right, yeah. So yeah. I, I think, uh, I think you know, it, it's going to be good, whatever. But out of those few things that I mentioned, there was anything that other than that show that kind of stood out that you thought, yeah, that's something that I would definitely try and make sure I, I got to see on the trip um, I, I think the, uh, the, the the Mickey's big band sounds sounds quite interesting mm. the uh, you know having him you know uh, conducting a, a band so I think that would be you know quite something to see so yeah definitely I'd, I'd check that one out well, did this... and... sorry Cam what was that Michelle 
It's me. I was just going to say, I'm all in for the parades. I love Tower of Terror, so I will be camping out to see the projections there. That sounds mm. amazing. And also the characters, because I do think that Disneyland Paris is the best park I've been to with character interaction. Because I know I've not been at Christmas, but I've been at Halloween. And mm. the interaction I had with Jack Skellington then was fantastic. And he was a bilingual Jack Skellington. So mm. he flipped from English to French, dependent on the guest. And he was amazing. And although the queues get quite long, the interaction value you get is fantastic and worth the wait. So I'd love to be tracking down some of the unique characters. And they do put a lot into their character appearance. Mm. And another thing is just going up to the castle, into the hub area, and getting a picture of, of that area because they have these unique little statue displays at the front themed to the season that are very good as well that's a good point completely forgot about that and you're you're, you're spot on um i i agree as well on the jack Skellington thing i mean i remember that that was the highlight of my halloween we did mickey's not so scary um and i think when we did it, that was the only place you could meet him at the time but now um he does meet and greets throughout the, the halloween season um but the guy who was doing it then, I think he's the same guy now, actually, is phenomenal. He's got a very similar sounding voice to the, the animated version. Um, but yeah, one of the best interactions I've ever had is with that character as well. So um, mm. yeah, that's that's a good tip. And I've not met him yet as, as uh, Sandy Claus. So I I've only met him either. as regular. So that's, that's another reason to do it. Um, now, Michelle, when we were talking about Epcot, um, there was a mm-hmm. lot of stuff about Frozen because obviously this year, I mean, not only is Frozen still obviously very popular, but this year they've got the animated uh, short that's coming out in front of, mm-hmm. which is a bit weird actually because we're getting it in front of Frozen. They're re-releasing Frozen for two days to show this short, but for the rest of the world, it's going to be shown in front of Coco mm. because we're not getting that until uh, January, I think. Um, are you are you guys getting Coco this year, or is Coco coming out? We are. It's going to be a, a Boxing Day release. Right. Um, but Kat, Kat and I will be seeing it in a couple of weeks' time. I'm so envious because one of Lewis's co-hosts for his radio show has already seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's only come out in a few markets anyway, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, I think America's around Thanksgiving, and then most of the world is slightly after that. But yeah, UK, we're not getting it till... Uh, January, so um, they're showing the Olaf short in front of a re-release of Frozen. So uh, I had to buy tickets for my daughter and some of her friends and some mums to go and see it. Um, it's the same weekend that Coco gets released in America. We're getting it in the UK, but you have to go and see. You don't have to stay and watch Frozen, but the idea <laughs> is that you buy a ticket for both. Although it's it's a cheap ticket like it's it's a reduced price because of it but uh hmm. yeah but because of that short and obviously frozen 2 coming out the fact that frozen is still really bloody popular um they've brought back the frozen sing-along show that they do in the chaparral theater um i've not seen the frozen show in hollywood studios but i believe it is slightly different or not as well done in paris uh, compared to that, but has anyone done the Frozen sing-along show before? I have. I did it at Halloween last year, and the thing that struck me about it is that it is bilingual, and it is kind of cute, but 
it's not as good as the one that you get in the States, especially the one that's in Disneyland, because I really do like that one. But an interesting fact I forgot to mention about Disney and Frozen is, you know, the gingerbread houses? Yes. The one at the Contemporary over the last few years has had a Frozen set of characters in front of the gingerbread house. Oh, this year, Cinderella is back with her prince. They've booted out Anna and Elsa. Wow, that's ooh controversy. Yeah, that's the first one that you can say that's happened for a while. Um, and in yeah. fact, yes, anyone that's uh, that's going around the Christmas season, um, you must go and visit the Disneyland Hotel. In the uh, the reception area of the Disneyland Hotel, they build a massive gingerbread house as well, um, which has just been finished. So I've seen some pictures of that. It's uh, it's massive. So uh, make sure you go and see that. Um, it's, I always, when people go for the first time, I always say to them um, to go and check out the Disneyland Hotel um, because the smell in there is fantastic. Um, it's just really well themed. Um, you know, it's got some good shops in there as well, and it's where you get Bibbidi Bobbers Boutique. Obviously, some good dining options in there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's something that you can do quite quickly, quite easily, and just go and uh, pop into the foyer there and, and have a look at it. But uh, yeah, now there's one other thing that they're doing this year, which was the thing that when I first read the, the press release a few months ago when I announced the Christmas season, had whetted my appetite the most out of everything, <laughs> and that is a very merry Stitchmas. Now, famously, <laughs> as we talked about on Dis Down Under, um, no one else has seen Lilo and Stitch. Um, I, I, Kat, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not going to. Obviously, you're a lady. I'm not going to ask your age. But I think we might be a similar kind of age because I might be a woman, but I'm no lady. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I will leave Lewis to comment. Um, <laughs> I remember when Lilo and Stitch came out. Um, I I had no interest in seeing it. I was kind of done seeing Disney films at the cinema. I felt a bit. I was kind of like an awkward age where I didn't have kids to go and see. I didn't have the confidence as an adult to go and see them either and not feel silly. So. Um, yeah. I didn't go and see Lilo and Stitch, but I was always interested in the the trailers for it because I don't know if you've ever seen the trailers for Lilo and Stitch, but they did teaser trailers where he would interrupt other films. Yeah, so I remember that. Yeah, so I was always interested in it, and when I actually got to see it, I loved it. I, I absolutely love Lilo and Stitch, and um, I think although it's it's fairly popular, I still think it's a bit of a, a cult thing. So I think people either love Stitch or have no idea about it and just hate it. Um, but this year they're doing a very merry Stitchmas. You see what they've done there? They've done a pub. Um, and this is going to be a show in front of the castle, so it's going to be using the, the, the stage that they have in front of the castle uh, quite often. Um, and it's uh, it's just described as a, 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 a magical Christmas stage show um, with Mickey, Minnie, Donald and a whole load of famous faces to get you in the Christmas mood. So it sounds like um, he's the kind of... Um, the uh, he's the kind of presenter of the show, um, the main kind of uh, host of it all. But it's going to be full of other Disney characters. I think even if you're not a big fan of uh, Stitch as a character, you will actually still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. So uh, yeah, so that's that's Disneyland Paris and what they're doing this year. Um, I'm gutted in not being able to to make it, and I'm hoping that this stuff makes it for another few years because it's this sounds like the biggest overhaul to me for quite a while so um mm. i'm hoping it's not going to be just like a, a one and done thing 
Um, you know, seasons of the force they they brought back, and a lot of that stuff is the same as it was last time. So I'm hoping that they'll do the, the same thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really good season with Disneyland Paris this year, and I'm jealous of anyone that gets to go. Lewis, you're going to have to buy me a ticket for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what order we do do we do this in? Because Paris starts earliest. Well, right? the, good, the good thing about Paris is, is it uh, runs till the seventh of January. Oh, so we could do that last. Yeah, yeah. No, that doesn't work because of the we have to jump. No. <laughs> I won't say what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying about how long um, you, um, Christmas was. We're talking about when Christmas should be and when it shouldn't be, kind of thing. The thing is with that is that the reason why um, it lasts a little bit longer at Disneyland Paris is because um, Russia is a market where Christmas does last a bit longer. They celebrate into the new year. And so for the last few years, they've extended it for that reason. Right. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I think I, that won't be changing anytime soon either. I'm, I'm totally bang up for like going there and spending time after Christmas, either before New Year's or after New Year's, because there's... Like I've I'm got not, some time off. Yeah, I'm not a massive you know, kid person, like generally speaking. But when I was in Disneyland Paris and I heard kids singing Christmas carols, like you know, leading up to New Year, I was like, oh, that's that's nice. That's kind of enchanting. It was it was, it was kind of cool. So uh, yeah, it, it's I think any way you can extend Christmas is brilliant, and extending it to the seventh of January, pff, awesome. <laughs> that's why I'm just <laughs> laughing because I'm sitting here looking at Lewis. And I should probably take a photo and send it to you guys. <laughs> Lewis's beard has reached these epic proportions of being pretty much like if. Father Christmas was just a couple of years younger because he's still got a bit of black in the grey. And so he's the, raving about Christmas being extended. Of course you'd want it extended. The pepper, the pepper, uh, the pepper, the sauce and pepper look. I was actually thinking earlier, Kat, when you were saying about your previous employment where you would um, kind of, uh, in your own words, pimp out Santas. I do think that it's a shame you're not doing that anymore because, you know, you've got one right next to you. I know, but like Lewis wouldn't do it. He he just gets freaked out by kids. It's quite funny. Like, we've got a couple of um, close fat, like close friends of ours, and then he's got um, his brother has got three kids. And my favourite game, the um, the youngest is absolutely petrified by Lewis. I don't know why. She absolutely adores me. Hates Lewis. The middle kid, you can ask her to do anything. She's like five, six now, and so. My favourite game is like, oh, Uncle Lewis is over there. Go and give him a tickle. And she'll do it. And he's just like, just don't do it, kid. <laughs> don't come near me. I'm actually, I don't, I don't have, I don't obviously have Lewis's fear, which is a good uh, thing, really, having two kids. Um, yeah. But at the same time, tickling, even now, um, occasionally, uh, Lindsay, my wife, will. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it'd be rude for me not to say it at least once my own show. Um, she uh, she will often get the kids to try and jump on me uh, so they can tickle me um, because she knows how much I hate it. I, I get really <laughs> violent as well. Like, it, I, <laughs> if I can, I'll get them off without trying to hurt them. Of course I would do. At the same time, if you're really tickling me and you get thrown across the room, your fault, I've warned you. <laughs> don't like tickling. So, do, you, do you get hit? Do you get hiccups if people tickle you too long? No, that's an that's an unusual one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's special. I don't just I, that's why I don't like getting tickled because I get hiccups. I don't like it. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a new one, but I'll I'll watch out for that. But uh, yeah, 
No. So I think, you know, having listened to Michelle and Odyssey Dream Girls uh, talking about the American parts and Disney and Under and talking about the Asia parts, I think wherever you decide to go, if you decide to go, you're going to have a great time. I think that's guaranteed. I don't think anyone can listen to what we've been talking about and thought, that doesn't sound like fun. Mm, I think that's a fair call. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but it is a magical time of year to visit. That's the well, main thing. Yeah, and we did, you know what? I didn't talk about you know Disneyland Paris. I mean, uh, they don't do much in the way of Christmassy food at the moment. Again, I think that might change um, in, the, in the coming years. I mean, it, it's a very interesting time uh, because of the takeover, and I think there's going to be a lot of changes. We can already see a few with like the the season of Marvel next year, um, you know, being another one. Um, so I, I, I think we are going to see things like hopefully get some more festive food and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, other than, you know, really just drinking lots of hot chocolate or coffee, um, they don't really do anything too festive in, in terms of food and drink. So maybe that's something they can uh, improve upon. Can I do some writing now? <laughs> you do some writing now? Yeah. I've, I'm still recording a podcast. Okay. You can't hear the people that I'm talking to, can you? No. Do you want to say hello to the world? Okay. <laughs> she didn't want to say hello to the world. She's wearing. She's wearing. She's currently wearing the uh, the heights of uh, the heart of uh, Tafiki. Is that what it's called? The heart of Tafiki. It's the thing from, from Moana. Tafiti. Uh-huh. Tafiti. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've I've not watched it yet. I've seen I've seen Moana in about ten different parts, but never as a whole. Oh, you've got to watch the whole thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, what I've seen of it's been brilliant. And I know the songs because we have to listen to them in the car, but I've not sat there. I want to watch it now. The problem, this is a problem with having kids, and I love them, and they can hear me, but they're not listening, uh, is the fact that now when I watch a Disney film, unless we go and see it at the cinema when it comes out, we watch it at home for the first time, loads of questions. (laughs) It used to be quite bad when it was just the wife doing it, but now with them as well, it's just too much stress. I need to watch it in my own time. Uh, You know... I'll, I'll let I'll let Lindsay watch it with me. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I don't have to watch it on my lonesome, but I need to watch it. I'm not going to have any distractions or any interferences, and, and see how I enjoy it then. But uh, yeah, good good songs, and um, yeah, as I said, what I've seen, I've, I've quite enjoyed. But <clears throat> anyway, off topic. So back on. Uh, I think we can all say Christmas is going to be great wherever you are. We're not really going to be there this year, although we're obviously all in discussions now about how we're going to try and do something together at some point. But uh, before we, we sign off, um, Michelle, thank you for, for uh, being a guest on this show as well. Can you please tell people where they can find your podcast? Absolutely. And thank you, Nick. This has been such a good fun project for us to put together to talk about Disney but in a, in a different way and it's always more fun if you've got other people who are so passionate about Disney to come in and share because that just makes it more fun and hopefully your listeners, my listeners, everybody's listeners will give us their stories if they're going to go to the theme parks this year or by listening to this are planning to make a trip next year as well but you can find my show anywhere and everywhere under Disney Dream Girls my Christmas special show was number 186 and it went out on the 
19th of November. Please give that a listen. It was hysterical with some of the things we were discussing. You know, Christmas trifle being injected. We've got trio <laughs> of hot chocolate sliders and all sorts of things mad and bizarre going on. So please give it a listen. And we can be caught on Twitter at DisDreamGirls and our website is DisneyDreamGirls.com. Thank you very much. Yeah, you do not want to miss out on hearing about the diabetes in a popcorn bucket. That, is, <laughs> uh, that, that was quite something. Um, Lewis Cat, uh, thank you so much. Uh, what, what time is it there now? Uh, we're coming up on 7.20. 7.20 in the evening, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not too bad. Uh, so but... it's quite respectful for drinking a couple of beers. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, it's always margarita time somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's been absolutely wonderful having you on. I said, uh, you know, I've obviously known Lewis for a while. I've not managed to meet you before, Kat, um, but listening to Disney Under the last few months has been an absolute treat. Um, and uh, everyone should be listening to it. And, and I'll pass it over to you guys to tell them where. I mean, the support that you guys have offered us throughout starting this crazy little venture has been amazing. It, it, it's given us a real little boost in getting this little vet, um, little podcast started, <laughs> and, and we're very happy to have the the you know Diz in the title. I think that was a that was a good thing, like being you know Diz after dark, Diz down under. I think it's a quite a nice a nice little homage to you, to you guys. But if you want to find out more about Diz down under, you can go to www.dizdownunder.com, and you can find out about our social media, like our Instagram and our, our Facebook there, and. Um, listen to our podcast which is every week on a a thursday and if you want to listen to the shows before this show that'll be on thursday the 23rd of november and it's episode 20 i believe i hope uh but before we uh before we do do wrap up i do want to put a big thank you out to craig because he's the guy that brought us all together and, and got this sorted so um it's very Unfortunately, we didn't get to hear him talk about uh, needing a can of Coke and chicken and uh, living in somebody's skin. Um, and uh, I just just trying to think about what other things he says. Um, I'm, I'm sure there would have been a reference to a toilet in there somewhere as well. Oh, so yeah. I thought if I just yeah, you know, brought that into the into this podcast, then there would be a little bit of Craig because he's right now being forced to drive a train, so uh, he couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> not when we say that, not with a gun to his head. Like nobody report this to any authorities or anything like that. <laughs> Craig is he's having to do this, but of his own volition, uh, he just didn't like the timing of it. Um, but no, absolutely. I mean, Craig uh, as anyone. I, I, well, I talked about it the other week on, on Disaster Dark. I mean, Craig has been a, a driving force for us and has helped us kind of uh, grow and expand. And, and, you know, Michelle, I think you can vouch for it as well that Craig has always been somebody who's tried to uh, make sure that we, we do things, that we can help each other out um, and just generally um, have a, a kind of a bit of a support network. And on, on that note, what I would like to say is anybody, any other podcasters listening to this these episodes of shows and hear how we can all get along each one of us has a different show each one of us has a different feed each one of us will have a slightly different audience a bit of disney fans but don't don't be a stranger we can help each other out with this there's no kind of agendas here no one's better than anyone else we should be doing more stuff like this um maybe it's that time of year maybe it's that christmas spirit of bringing people together but there's a real thing about 
we should have a bit of, a bit of a better support network than we generally do and I'm lucky that you know the three of us have had that um, you know before anyway but anyone listening do it reach out to another podcast do an episode with them have them on as a guest whatever it is but help each other out I've, you know it benefits everyone no one loses everyone gains so you know absolutely yeah. and can I give a shameless plug now because oh, one comes. thing that I do in <laughs> December is I ask other Disney podcasts to do a little bit of a Disney advent calendar for me. Mm. We call it Minxmas. They do a 10-minute podcast of from their show's perspective about anything and anything to do with Disney at Christmas. And then throughout December, these will be sort of aired, whether I put it out in one big show or lots of separate ones. That's what I'm doing. And I know Diz After Dark, Craig's going to organise you guys. Diz Down Under are going to hopefully do one for me. But lots of other Disney theme park podcasts are going to do this. And it is just one example of people who are passionate about Disney sharing that with people who love to listen about people who are passionate about Disney. Because at the end of the day, none of us are making a living out of this. We're not travel agents. We're not... Um, people who write books or anything. We are just passionate fans who want to share our love of Disney. Well, I, actually, I need to interject there. I am writing a book, but that's not the point. Fact <laughs> <laughs> is, the majority of us aren't doing that. And even so, when I when I do hopefully get my book published, I'm certainly not going to be making a million pounds out of it, or probably a thousand pounds out of it. I actually, I've got no idea. I don't know how much books make. But anyway, you're quite right. The, the fact is, is that this really is a bit of a glorified hobby. Uh, for most people that podcast, it is a bit of a glorified hobby, and that's why we have things like Patreon, or um, some people have PayPal's, or you can buy merchandise, or whatever it is, because it doesn't make us rich, it just allows us to continue going, and, and really, that's that's all we like to do. So, um, no, I, I think that's a good note to, to leave it on. So, um, Michelle, Lewis, Kat, thank you ever so much. Alice, thank you for your contribution there. We are going to now go and do your writing. Uh, you can also hear Lincoln for a bit laughing in the background at some point as well. So I hope that's all made it in and you've enjoyed it. Um, I, I suppose, uh, on behalf of us all, we should really be wishing you a Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas. Merry Christmas! And we're calling this the early part of November. It sounds weird, but it's what it is. <laughs> I know, it's weird. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support. Podcast.